Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac Wayne heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Recorded live. Here is an example of a problem in the Bible. As you know, I have told you that the Bible has errors in it. Okay? Some errors, people have added things to the Bible. And a lot of, or all of the time, that things are added to the Bible, that things aren't um, what God wants us to know, that Satan uses these occurrences to cause Christians to go off the path. Okay, and this is an example. I've been having a really hard time with verses 26 and 27, okay? And so I've asked God, you know, what the deal is. Because the Holy Spirit is, as I've told you before, the Holy Spirit is talking to me, talking through me, tells me what to say. And this stuff is not what the Holy Spirit wants me to say. And it's so difficult. I had to redo this whole end of the study here because I was, it, the Holy Spirit was, was telling me that this is not a part of the Word of God. So I want you to see, okay, up until, let's go, Romans chapter eight twenty six. Now there's some of you that believe everything in the Word of God is true and, and all that nonsense, but it's not. These things are not true. You have to have a witness. Okay? If something is true and truth from God, then he's going to have another place in the Bible that says the exact same thing and you can't find it. This is the only place when people talk about this nonsense tongue garbage, the babble that they do, they refer to this. And But this is the only place you're going to find this nonsense in the Bible, okay, having to do with the way it's said here, okay? So, Let's go over it, all right? We already did a little bit of this, but likewise the Spirit also helpeth our weaknesses. We know the word infirmities is our weaknesses in the flesh. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Okay, so what Paul is saying, as we've already said, is that we have 
things that God wants us to do. As a human, we know that the flesh draws upon and wants attention from our souls. The flesh wants our souls, which is the one that makes the decision on what we do and who we are, the flesh wants the soul's attention. Do what I want. Do what I want. I want this. I want that. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, that's the flesh. That's our weaknesses. We have weaknesses in the flesh, okay? And so Paul is talking about our weaknesses because we know not what we should pray for as we ought. So we don't know the plan of God for us. We know God has a plan, he, that he wants us to do stuff. He wants us to follow Jesus Christ. He wants us to use our gifts. We know that, but how are we to use those gifts? We don't know what we're supposed to do, so we don't know how to pray all the time. And that's what Paul is talking about. We don't know because we're supposed to be led by the Spirit. So that's the point is being led by the Holy Spirit. So we, in our flesh thinking, don't know what we should be praying for. We need to let the Holy Spirit lead us, okay? And so, the rest of this, um, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, that's nothing to do with God. Okay, nothing to do with God. That's just nonsense that's in there. And Satan was allowed to put that in there so that we, God could test us. How are we going to believe this nonsense? Okay, because the Holy Spirit doesn't make intercession for us because the Holy Spirit is God. <laughs> so that's like the Holy Spirit is a being of his own, and the Holy Spirit talks to God, even though the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit. They're both the same. So the Holy Spirit doesn't talk to God, okay, and say, hey, you know, God, the, the human here needs your help. No, that's not the way it works. God knows. <laughs> God is the Holy Spirit, okay? So it, see, this is wrong, okay, and it's not true. It's not the way it works. So let's throw it all out, throw it all out, okay? And verse 27, and he that searches the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the spirit. <laughs> there we go again. That's a bunch of nonsense. He that searches the heart, okay, that's talking about God. And then it's saying that knows what's in the mind of the spirit. That's like saying that God's, that the Holy Spirit is not connected to God. <laughs> Throw it out, okay? Throw it out. It's garbage, okay? It's nothing to do with what Paul was actually saying, okay? This was added. It's not true. There's places like that in the Bible, and this is one of them. And so those tongue talkers can go here and they can use this nonsense, and the the, the people that think there's three gods you got the Holy Spirit, the God, the Holy Spirit, uh, God the Son, and, and God the Father. That's what the, this also confuses that nonsense because that's not true. There is no God the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit is God's spirit. So it's not a separate God or entity. So let's throw that out, okay? It's not truth. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Again, throw it out. It's separating God from his spirit. And that ain't happening, okay? God's spirit doesn't talk to God and say, hey, help the human out, okay? Throw it out, okay? All of it. It causes confusion, all right? And anything that causes confusion is garbage, okay? And it's not truth. You can't find this garbage anywhere else in the Bible, okay? In the New Testament, the Old Testament, I don't care what testament, you can't find it. Now, let's go and throw all that out and go back to verse 26, all right? Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, Okay, likewise, meaning that if you're led by the Holy Spirit, guess what? We're human, we have weaknesses, and the Holy Spirit is there to strengthen us, to keep those weaknesses at bay, okay? All right, so let's... So we should pray for as we ought, not what we should pray for as we ought. And then continue verse 28. And we know, so we don't know what we should pray for, but we do know this, okay? We don't know what God's ultimate plan is for us. We don't know what we're supposed to do. We know we have weaknesses. We know we have access to the Holy Spirit, you see? We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. So you see how much more that makes sense than all that other nonsense in there, which makes all these people do crazy things, believe crazy stuff, which has nothing to do with the Word of God. Okay? So we do know that. All things work together for good to them that love, um, to them that love God. Sure. So Paul is talking about in our weaknesses, we're led by the Holy Spirit not to follow the weaknesses, not to follow the flesh, in other words, things that we desire, things that we want. We follow the Holy Spirit instead, and we don't know what God wants us to do, but God knows what he wants us to do. And so as long as the Holy Spirit is leading us, that no matter what happens, in our suffering, see, Paul is talking about the sufferings we endure and have to endure to receive the glory and all of that stuff as believers in Jesus Christ. So you see, as we go through those sufferings, we know we're being led by the Holy Spirit as long as we're doing what Jesus told us to do, did what Jesus did, okay, that all of it will turn out for the good no matter what it is, okay? Because we love God, all right? We love God. And, okay, 
to them who are the called according to his purpose. So, see, you understand now, Paul is talking about we got a job to do, we got a certain job to do, and God knows what our job is. He knows what we, he wants us to do. He knows what our certain works are and what they're going to be in the future and all that. He has a plan for us. And the called are the invited, okay? And so Paul is talking about the Romans of the day of Paul, okay? You understand who he's addressing here? You've got to rightly divide the word. But it's an example to others down the road that are believers. But let's find out who Paul's talking to and make sure we understand what Paul's talking about. See, this is the beginning of the church. This is the beginning, okay? And so they had a tougher time than others did down the road. They were starting it all. They were going into the cities, the different cities and towns, and, and telling them the good news and so forth, okay? So that's who... That's the purpose, that's the plan, building the body of Christ. So, Paul is saying the suffering we're going to go through, as long as we're following the Holy Spirit's lead, all things work together for good, okay? And then Paul goes into um, understanding in the time of the Romans, okay, not today, not all Christians not all believers. Okay, you've got to understand that. All right? So, Paul is talking to the Roman Christians. Okay? Gentile Christians. Okay? Who God called. That's amazing. They're not Jews. They're not of Judah. They're not of Israel. They're Gentiles. And God invited them. He gave them the gift of faith to believe in Jesus Christ to do a work for God, for the kingdom of heaven, for the body of Christ. You understand? Okay. So you understand. He's talking to Gentiles here. All right? And now he's going to explain something about these particular Gentiles. For whom he did foreknow, guess what, Roman believers? He knew you. That's why you're living today. Back in Paul's day, stay on the right page. Back in Paul's day, that's why you're li living today. God already knew you. Okay? He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. So, you're living today, Roman believers, and you're a part of the body of Christ because God foreknew you, and he had decided before you came to earth that you were going to do what Jesus did, okay? You were going to follow Jesus. You were going to be a part of the body of Christ, followers of Christ, followers of Yahshua, followers of Jesus, conform to Jesus. What he did, we do, okay? What he did, they do, okay? You understand? It's talking about what Jesus did, we're supposed to do, followers of Christ. So, conform to the image of the Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So, Jesus was born. Sure was. Tells you right there. Jesus was born on earth 
as a human, as well as these Roman believers were born on earth as humans. And these Roman believers that were born on earth as humans were given the gift of faith, and they were brethren. Because, guess what? If you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, you're doing what Jesus did because he was led by the Holy Spirit. And so if you're following the lead of the Holy Spirit, then you are a son of God and a brother of Christ. You're the brethren. You're a part of the body of Christ. Okay? And this is men and women. Just so you understand, brethren just means you are kinsmen. You're sons of God. Sons of God is female male. So, that's what Paul's talking about. And so he's saying that you Romans that believe, that have been given the faith by God to believe and follow in the Holy Spirit, God has a plan. He has a purpose. He's got something for you to do for the body of Christ. And you're following what Jesus did, which is following the Holy Spirit. 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. So you understand what Paul's saying here? Not everybody's called. Only certain people that God knew what they were like before they were born in the flesh. has to do with the same thing. God hated Esau, but he loved Jacob before they had done anything in the flesh. So it had nothing to do with the flesh. It had to do with the world that was, the fall of Satan. The people, the Romans, that were born at that time, that were believers, they had stayed with God and not rebelled against God like some of the others did. And so God had placed them on earth at that time to do a certain job. And he invited them. He called them into the body of Christ. And he gave them the gift of faith. That's what it's saying. Okay? And whom he called, so those Roman Gentiles believers that he placed on earth, gave the gift of faith, they're now believers and a part of the body of Christ, them he also justified. So when... Before, before they knew who Christ was, before Christ had been born on earth and died and rose again, God had already justified this group of people. Okay? You understand? That's what Paul's saying. God had already justified them. All right? So that's why he called them once they were alive on earth and Jesus had overcome death. He called them because then he gave them the gift of faith so they would believe, so they could partake of eternal life, being a part of the body of Christ. But God had already justified them. That's why he called them. And this is not talking about Christians today. Paul is addressing the Romans of that day, and he's trying to explain about 
what's going on with the Romans of that day and why they were born, when they were born, for the reason they were born, and they were given the gift of faith. So he had justified them. Why? Because they didn't follow Satan and rebel against God. They stayed with God in the world that was. Before Satan's fall, they were with God as well as Satan was with God. And Satan rebelled, he took angels, and he took people with him. Absolutely. So, because they chose God, they were justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. So, they were different, set apart. They were there for a purpose at the time of Paul. To, to start the body of Christ. 31. What shall we then say? Say to these things. So Paul is showing us an interesting mystery here. You've got to understand this is the mystery. If God be for us, who can be against us? All right? It's that simple. If God be for us, who can be against us? So Paul is explaining to them. He's saying, look, we were born at this time and given the gift of faith and being a part of the body of Christ, invited into the body of Christ because God knew us before and he decided it was his choice, not ours. You understand? So, he's saying, God's taking care of everything. Let's not worry about it. He that spared not his own son, so he continues, okay, he understands, and he's talking about the suffering that we're going to endure as believers, I'm sorry, the suffering that the Romans are going to endure as believers the Gentiles, and he's going to go into, listen, God's got everything under control. He's got a plan. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to work out okay. And then he's reminding them of what he allowed to happen to Jesus. Okay? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. So, God didn't keep death away from Jesus. No. He delivered him up to be killed because there was a purpose. You understand? Jesus had a purpose. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So God has a purpose. Don't worry about it. He'll take care of us. We'll have what we need to be able to do the works that we need to do during the beginning of the body of Christ here. You understand? That's what Paul is telling his fellow Romans. And he's letting them know that everything's going to work out. God's going to give us what we need. 33. He's going to go into another point here so that they understand. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? So, the thing is that it doesn't matter, Paul is saying, it doesn't matter what you were before you were called and given the gift of faith. 
okay? This Paul is an example of that. Paul, before he was brought to Jesus and he believed he was bad dude, man. I mean, he followed the law. He was a good uh, Jewish person. He was a good uh, religious person, but he was bad to the followers of Jesus Christ and Christians. So, but what happened is that he became a part of the body of Christ. He believed in Jesus, and he stopped thinking the way he was, and guess what? Don't look back at what Paul was and what he did to Christians, okay? So that's what it's talking about. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? So Gentiles, God wants you here for a reason. We've got a job to do. It doesn't matter who you were before. God is the one that put you here, made you a believer and a part of the body of Christ. It is God that justifies. So God did the justifying. He knew what was going to happen. That didn't matter. Jesus' blood covers the past sins. Okay? Who is he that condemneth? So don't let anybody condemn you for who you were. And in the time of the Romans, the Jews were condemning them because they were Gentiles for the fact of not following the law. Okay? And so Paul is letting the Gentiles know, don't worry about any of that. Okay? God chose you. And it continues, it says, it is Christ that died. All right? You understand this is the good news? And yea, rather, that is risen again. So yes, God gave up Christ and allowed him to die. And guess what? He rose him from the dead. So yeah, he died, but he came back. Guess what? So will we, is what Paul is letting us know, our inheritance. You see, that's what he's talking about, what we're going to get. Hey, even if we die, and that's the suffering that we're going to endure, Romans, it's okay because guess what? Jesus came back to life. So will we. So who is even at the right hand of God? So Jesus died, yes, and he rose again. And he sitted at the right hand of God. <laughs> right now, he sitted at the right hand of God. Who also maketh intercessions for us. So Paul is letting us know that Jesus is up in heaven and he knows his followers because he's the shepherd. You see, he's the shepherd. We're part of his church. And he knows and he keeps us in God's good graces and intercession for us. You know, because sometimes as humans, remember Paul going back to the um, verse 26, our weaknesses in the flesh. And Jesus is saying, remember, they're human. Remember, you know, don't worry about that. Let's work with them. You understand? Okay, that's what it's talking about. And then 35 continues, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So Paul is not talking about our love for Christ, it's, it's talking about Christ's love for us. See, 
they they twist that all around. And so this is talking about Jesus making intercessions for us up there. And it doesn't matter what we go through. He's going to love us. Okay? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword separate us from Christ's love? No. We'll always be having that love. Okay? We can't pull ourselves away from the love of Christ. It doesn't matter what we go through. The suffering, again, is what Paul is talking about. And we'll pick it up next time in verse 36. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Paul is letting us know that it doesn't matter what we suffer. We're always going to love Jesus. It doesn't matter. As long as we're following, being led by the Holy Spirit, by the way, <laughs> and this suffering is for doing God's work. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac Wayne heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and boom! Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. (laughs) 